Well, I have a lot to go over today. So friends, I hope you're buckled up and ready to go. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Oh, well, first off, let's just start with John Brennan. Can we do that? Former head of the CIA under Barack Obama, liberal left-wing hack, pontificator on all the news networks, particularly those aligned with the current regime, was hauled in front of the House uh, Judiciary uh, Committee last week. Closed-door, deposition-style interrogation. I don't know if they talk... No, I don't. I, <laughs> yeah. Are you picturing... Yes. Something like... Yeah, I... I you, yeah, no, they weren't. They didn't torture him. No, they just, they had him under oath. This was exactly what was needed. And while under oath, John Brennan admitted, apparently, the political nature of the letter that was sent, uh, open letter that was sent to uh, various parties indicating that the Hunter laptop back during the 2020 uh, campaign was, in fact, just nothing more than Russian propaganda. It was a four-hour interview. He confirmed that this thing was political, came totally clean on this, revealed himself to be a complete and utter hack, and uh, makes it obvious now that this thing was cooked up from, from top to bottom. We, of course, know John Brennan to be one of the more despicable deep state actors and I hope he squirmed when he was getting questioned by the Republicans no doubt contemptuous in this meeting I don't think it's uh, it would have been videotaped but there's going to be a transcript and sooner or later we will be able to see it so it uh, it is what it is folks we knew all of this But I'll tell you, as a lawyer, what these Republicans are doing is that they are putting it on the record. And maybe they didn't get their public gotcha moment, but they are slowly, methodically building a case. They are getting these people to testify under oath as to the facts, the specifics, the particulars of what they did to collude against Trump, to interfere in a presidential election. And the real takeaway is that looking back at this whole mess, it's now now evident that the folks that were screaming about election interference, the people that were screaming about Republicans violating democracy, preventing the lawful transition of power, really the people that were pointing their finger that Republicans for interfering with elections were themselves, in fact, the ones engaged in massive, widespread, and I would say also concerted, coordinated election interference themselves. Uh, So will there be any shame? I think that's the next question everybody wants to know. So are these people actually going to be embarrassed that they got caught? And the answer is no, because they've got the media on their side. This story was in the Washington Examiner today. It was in the Daily Mail today. You think it appeared anywhere on CNN? 
You think that CNN, fresh off of its smarting with Trump giving him a platform to basically in earnest kick off his re-election campaign, you think that they would come clean about any of this? By the way, they don't want to because they're the ones that participated in this from the beginning as well. They, they're, yes, yes, the media colluded on this, folks. They bought it. They didn't just buy it. They, they act to propagate it. And then the only outlet to break the story the New York Post. Yes, New York Post broke the story. Hunter Biden's laptop declared it a genuine article. Caused this entire thing to uh, to happen where 51 current and former intelligence officials colluded, got together to write a BS memo how this was Russian uh, disinformation. <laughs> and th- this... Right, and and these are media outlets that are in direct competition with the New York Post. So aside from the political component of this, of course, I think there's a bit of, uh, you know, regular old business competition here at play. It's just the whole thing stinks. And no, there will be no shame. I don't know. This interview with Brennan, he must have been in there. The movie I'm thinking of is Taken. Yeah, it's Liam Neeson in there. You know, did they hook up John Brennan to a car battery with a flickering light overhead in the basement, in the basement of the Capitol building? Folks, he deserves nothing more than that, but unfortunately, probably not. He had a cool glass of water, was there in a suit and tie, looking smug as a pug that ate a bug. So, um, yeah, I, I, this, this, this is only going to get worse. And the media can ignore it. By the way, this is another thing to think about. The media can ignore this thing, friends. They can continue to pretend it's not there, but it's building, it's growing. It's like there's a threshold. You know, every dam has a, has a point where it overflows. And we know, of course, that with that adequate release valves, spillways, if you will, allow me the metaphor, a dam, if too full of water, will break. And at some point, we're going to reach a critical place here where, where there's just, they can only hold water, the media, CNN, MSNBC, the Washington Post, New York Times, LA Times, you get the drift. You know the, you know the players. There's only a certain point where at, 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 at some moment, someplace, somewhere, sometime, they won't be able to carry water. For, it will just break because there will be so much there. Another blink if you missed it moment occurred today when the House Republicans declared that they couldn't find one of the key witnesses on Biden cor- uh, corruption. Now, what makes this significant is there's apparently a witness, and you you know even in the New York Post, this fact is buried at the back of the article, apparently, according to Josh Christensen, there is a witness that is being secreted away. I mean, this is basically the best way of putting it. They don't know where he is. House Republicans, by the way, said there are a number of witnesses that they can't find, but this one's important. They say nine of the 10 people that they identified who have very good knowledge with respect to the Bidens. They're one of three things. This is hilarious, okay? 
One, these folks are either currently in court. Two, they're currently in jail. Or three, yep, you guessed it, they're currently missing. Remember when it was perilous, hazardous to one's personal well-being to be a close associate keeper, if you will, of Clinton family secrets? <laughs> wow, it's, it's I, I think Joe ought to call Hillary and get a pro tip. Or maybe Dr. Biden could. I'm referring, of course, to the first lady. So anyway, the, this particular person that's missing, on the very last page of the New York Post piece on this, they say that this is a um, person that actually has direct knowledge. See, this is the key thing. Direct knowledge of bad acts tracing to the then vice president, now president, Joe Biden himself. Quote, the allegations are the first to have directly implicated Biden. Rather than, of course, uh, his scandal-plagued son, Hunter, who we know is facing uh, congressional federal investigations into business dealings in countries including China, Ukraine, Russia, and others. Yes, because yes, because apparently somebody there was in the room. You think these conversations all occurred in a somewhere secretive in a vacuum and private? None of these people, trust me on this, none of these people ever thought that they would get caught. And speaking of the Clintons, I guarantee you, Friends, I promise you, I swear this on the lives of my children. This is how certain I am of it. That the Bidens looked at the Clinton model and were emboldened by it. Nothing the media did, nothing the Republicans did, nothing that was done could stick. And Hillary Clinton, while she, of course, you know, lost the election to Trump in 2016, at no point did she suffer any kind of legal jeopardy from basically uh, operating a billion-dollar shakedown scheme together with her husband while she was Secretary of State and, I would say, the top heir apparent to the presidency. So the Bidens are looking at this, and they're going, what, what, this is fabulous, this is great. Look at her, I mean, she got away. We can steal, what, 10 million, what's that? Chump change. The problem is they're all dumb as rocks. They are stupid. Joe Biden is dumb, and his son is just as dumb, only he smokes crack. We would call this a witch's brew of, <laughs> of arrogance, <laughs> stupidity, and greed. It's slowly beginning to blow up in their faces. That is my only point here. All right, friends, got to take a quick break here. You're listening to The What's Right Show. News Talk 840 KXNT, this hour of the program brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234. Back in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends. Sam Marjofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Uh, hope you all had, by the way, a wonderful Mother's Day, all you moms out there. Uh, there's some consternation out there in the internets <laughs> about trans moms being left out of yesterday's celebration. 
Trans moms, of course, uh, I best be described as biological men. As a consequence, I suggest we celebrate them on the 18th of June. Uh, okay. Well, it's Father's Day. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) what can I tell you? (laughs) Oh, you you came here for political correctness. (laughs) Wrong, wrong place. (laughs) Wrong place. So speaking of uh, political correctness here, the media all falling into line, protecting the Bidens and these various corruption probes. You know, the, the real stink here isn't just going to be on Biden. It's not just going to be on John Brennan and all the deep state, you know, jerks that that signed the letter saying this is this laptop is real. None of this is real. This is just Putin manufacturing stuff. <laughs> well, let me tell you, the other real problem here is going to be the FBI because the it, it is suspected now that that one informant that the Republicans in the House Oversight Committee that they can't track down, apparently is being hidden by the FBI themselves. They have these reports. The FBI has these reports. The form got like FD-1023, one of the names. This means nothing to me, Uh, but there are apparently different types of forms that are filed for informants, and the FBI won't even turn over the form. So the FBI, believe it or not, had people come forward to it saying, I've got some proof of, of Biden corruption, and the FBI has sat on it. That's the real scandal here. You know, if you're here in Vegas, I know many of you listening locally, but also beyond uh, beyond the city limits. Uh, here in Vegas, we've had a curious thing. One of the billboard companies, I think it's Clear Channel, has come together to do a, a public relations you know, campaign, but kind of a yeah, public service type deal, partnering with the FBI. So if you drive around Vegas, you'll see these digital billboards and it says something to the effect, it's got the FBI logo on it. So I perk up, I see it, you know, it's in the news and the FBI, and it says up there, you know, have a corruption, political, you know, corruption, have a tip. Is there a fraud, you know, that, that needs to be ferreted out? paraphrasing here's a number here's a website here's here's an email you know just you know send us a tip and i just i i thought of this and i thought well you know what if the fbi really does only investigate tips against one president one political party at the expense of the other now I know some of you listening to this will go, well, this is Sam, that's not fair. There's plenty of Democrats that get charged. I understand that. But you have to understand you have to you see where I'm going here. The year is nineteen uh, nineteen. Let me start that over. The year is twenty twenty. Trump has been in office for four years. He's asking for another four. And the state of establishment Washington, DC is bad they are hand-wringing over the possibility of having to deal with trump for four more years they also understand that for most of them trump's unrelenting attacks on the deep state poses an existential threat right if you're a government bureaucrat you've got a guy running for re-election on a platform of of taking out the deep state bureaucracy i mean it's you just if if you've got the least bit of self-preservation 
motivation uh, to what you do, you're, you're not going to be a fan of this guy. And then somebody comes along and his only opponent at this point, Biden, who has been you know, given the Democratic nomination and is, is really the only viable, other viable candidate in the race, all the stink starts coming out, legal problems, people coming forward and saying, ah, uh, there's a tip here. Let me tell you, those agents sat on it. They sat on it and that all is gonna come out too. It's staggering to consider this, but they absolutely did. James Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, said they were communicating with the particular whistleblower. The whistleblower knows about the alleged bribery scheme, knows the informant, knows the informant is credible. And they're asking the FBI with the respect to the informant form, hey, what did you do to investigate this allegation? And then they, I guess they sent back, the FBI sent out a letter saying, whoa, just trust us, don't worry about it, we, we've got this handled. This is a cover-up. What do they say about cover-ups, by the way? Since Nixon, we, we all were taught this in school, you know, just listen, the whole takeaway from Nixon is that the cover-up is worse than the crime. You know, and a little finger-wagging to go with it, you know. Yeah, it's, here this is, this is just an absolute disaster. So it, it is, these chickens will come home to roost, mark my words. It's all being put in the record and, and, and put under, get these people under oath and, and, and create, create a, a, yeah, to create a record of this. All right, when we come back, the Good Samaritan in New York City in the subway, chokehold death. This has become even more enraging. I'll explain when I return. The What's Right Show will be back in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Greetings, friends, conversationalists, patriots, God-loving Americans. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Uh, grateful always uh, to be here with you Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, here's just a taste of what can happen to you when you're, say, living in a left-wing <laughs> <laughs> blue utopia like California. Apparently a man in Riverside, which is about well, 50 miles east or so of Los Angeles, uh, was um, had his hand cut off by a crazy homeless person wielding a sword. Police in Riverside were alerted to the, that's being called a medieval dismemberment, when several residents called 911 to report a severed hand laying on the sidewalk in downtown neighborhood around 10.30 p.m. Uh, funny enough then, a short time later, a man missing a hand checked into a local hospital and the police put two and two together. Uh, this guy who's swinging a sword, by the way, has a history of mental illness. And um, anyway, the attacker is homeless, so recent and ongoing dispute apparently led to this. Now, I bring this up because 
even here in Vegas, where things are not nearly as bad as Los Angeles or Riverside or San Francisco or fill in the blank, right? Even here in Vegas, we understand that there's a homeless problem. Now, the homeless problem, when I was a kid, when I grew up in suburbia, in fact, in California, in Orange County, I had teachers who were, oh, bleeding heart, you know, homelessness. By the way, back then, homelessness was the politically correct term. Now it's, what is it, Robbie? Is it unhoused? It's unhoused. Uh, so anyway, we're going to go with the homeless term. We're, we're sticking with that because it's the one I, I, I know. But anyway, the homeless, when I was a kid, we were, we were talking about it in terms of solution, of providing shelter to people who didn't have shelter. That is how we understood it. I think that today, when we talk about homelessness, we're really talking about people who are mentally ill. When we talk about homelessness, we talk about the people that are roaming downtown Las Vegas, the zombies, the people that are, I mean, I think three weeks ago, I had somebody on on the corner out here uh, basically hunched over, laying off to one side, almost as if they were praying. They were not praying, okay? Uh, Completely out of it, right? High on who knows what. And no amount of liberal euphemisms can cover up what is happening which is these folks having been the liberals go-to darling of pet projects are now on a downward trajectory mental health problems drugs violence crime crime and crime and more crime And we are all supposed to put up with it. We are all supposed to, as business owners, as parents with young kids who, you know, dare to visit the downtowns of their cities, as law-abiding citizens, as taxpayers, dare I claim some credit? Dare you declare yourself a taxpayer, a contributor to society? The hell will we think of next? Taxpayer privilege. I want to start a movement. Taxpayer privilege. It's like, it's like whatever kind of privilege. You know, they come at us with, with you know, privilege. It's a taxpayer privilege. Yes, I feel taxpayer privilege. Dare we say enough is enough? Do something about this? And this is the part of the story that, you know, New York City, you know, roughly 10 days ago, uh, there was a, a um, an incident that occurred on the subway, on the F train, if you know New York. And there was a, a person who, uh, a deranged uh, homeless person with a history of violent attacks. His name is Jordan Neely. Neely was threatening people in a subway car when Daniel Penny, a former Marine, a student, and an all-around upstanding American put the guy in a chokehold because he was going off the rails. And by the way, if you've spent, I know some of you, uh, some of you good folks here in Vegas think that the city ends at Hualapai. But I, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just messing with you, Summerlin folks. Don't, 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 don't at me. Uh 
There are people like that, though. They, they, they literally do not go east of Hualapai. I mean, once in a while, you go to a, they go to a Knights game. They go to a, you know, a, a, a twice-a-year dinner on the Strip. But, you know, and I, I keep talking about my office, and I'm in a beautiful area. Don't get me wrong. I love the Arts District, which is nestled between well, the Stratosphere and, and what we'll call it like Fremont Street. And this is a, an area that's, that's creeping on the come up. I mean, it's beautiful. And we, our building is on, on, a, on a nice corner, Charleston and uh, Casino Center. But it takes a lot of effort, folks, to keep my corner of the city beautiful. There is not a week that goes by that I am not personally cleaning up some kind of a disgusting mess left behind by some hobo convention that occurs in the off hours. And the police here are, are saints, but I mean, I'm telling you, the Metro and, and the marshals here are, are, are fantastic. I mean, they, they try. But my heart goes out to these, these people have needs. They have real mental problems. And the, and the real, at the end of the day, are, they are just on some really strong drugs. And at some point, it is a disservice to all of us. So what happened in New York? Well, this, this guy gets subdues a homeless guy. The homeless guy dies. It is something that um, was entirely preventable, uh, as in someone should have taken this person off the street. If it weren't for the woke DA, this guy would have already been in jail. His A money money would have been sitting in a jail cell. I love when people tell me, well, Sam, you know, we should be giving money to mental health. Forget that. This dude tried to kidnap a child. This guy had an a, a, assault on, a, on an elderly person. And if that person, if it was a white businessman, a white Wall Street worker who assaulted a 70-year-old woman in the subway, that man would be sitting in jail. But he gets a pass because he's a hobo and because he's black. There I said it. What the literal F is wrong with us to think that that's okay? How did we suddenly find ourselves, two things, how did we suddenly find ourselves with a two-track system of justice in this country where a black homeless person can literally get away with, what was it, how many arrests, 40 arrests? Producer Robbie fact-checked that for I think it's 40 arrests, something like that, this guy had. The, the, the quote-unquote victim. And along comes a Marine trying to help and do the right thing, be an upstanding American citizen. Women, other people, men are getting threatened in the subway car. He steps in, and now he gets charged with the crime. Folks, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm going to take a quick break that even liberal Democrats are starting to sound off that this is absurd. And I keep mentioning to you that there's a shift coming. And the shift is, and remember, right, the shift is is when their own people begin to call this stuff out, when the left begins to turn on itself. And every person that comes along and says, well, you Republicans are in such disarray. Okay, yeah, well, we're, you know, we're a party that believes in democracy and we, we have our, our public spats and we, you know, we, we you know, give our, 
our presidential nominations to the to the victor of a of a fair and square fight. So yeah, it gets a little messy on our side. But their side has a fundamental and I would say an existential problem right now, which is the left left is trying to destroy the center left. And the center left is now starting to finally get the cojones to go out and criticize the left left. And there is going to be a civil war inside the Democratic Party. I've got I got the receipts. I'll play for you some clips of people you will recognize who are taking, frankly, a, a Republican positions. And that's what this case, Daniel Penny, by the way, his, uh, his fundraising uh, has now reached over $2 million. Fabulous. I, this guy should never have been charged to begin with. Absolutely atrocious. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Brought to you by our friends at Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234. Sam Rajovsky here. Yes, back behind the What's Right microphone Monday. It's a beautiful Monday, getting warm here in Las Vegas, which, of course, I love. Uh, This time of year, I think we have some of the perfect temps. Uh, I think we're, I haven't looked, but it feels like we're in the 90s. Went for a little walk outside. It was absolutely fabulous. My favorite thing in the summer when it gets really hot is when you're inside, it's air conditioned, wherever it is, right? You could be in a big office building, small office, a store, air conditioned, you get actually sometimes a little bit cold, then you walk outside and you feel the heat on you. And it is, it's just this, I don't know, maybe I'm a lizard, but I I just absolutely love it. Uh, Speaking of Daniel Penny, the Marine, former Marine charged in the death of the crazy homeless vagrant career criminal 40 arrests yes producer robbie verified that i was not misleading you on that um there's a a great bit of news i have it here somewhere in my stack where is it ah vivek ramaswamy who's the 37 year old republican presidential hopeful made a ten thousand dollar contribution to daniel penny's legals fund legals fund so this is, uh, you know, others have stepped up as well. DeSantis, I believe, has made a donation uh, as well. This is to Give, Send, Go. Uh, about 40,000 donations have been made so far to the 24-year-old Penny, who was perp-walked like some common hood in New York City, all to appease the politically correct BLM woke Democrats in that city. And now even some Democrats themselves who perhaps once upon a time were woke are calling calling foul on this. Now I saw saw comments uh, by a former governor and uh, and I it just and, and oh, two former governors. Yes, thank you, producer Robbie. You are correcting me. Absolutely right. This this one. Remember Andrew Cuomo? Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. This Andrew Cuomo, of course, is a a total hack, a political uh, opportunist, and somebody who will I I don't think we can ever forgive for how he handled COVID. Uh, 
people, elderly New Yorkers lost their lives because of Andrew Cuomo. But Andrew Cuomo is not a fan here of what is going on. Listen to this. The far left doesn't want to talk about crime. They don't want to hear the word crime spoken. There is no crime problem. It's all Republican propaganda. Do you know who are the victims of crime? Over 70% black, brown, and poor. So tell me, who does the Democratic Party really represent, if not the black, brown, and poor? And when you refuse to address the issue of crime, the people who are paying the price are the black, brown, and poor. They're paying the price for your far-left politics. He's absolutely right. They don't want to talk about crime. They want to pretend like it doesn't exist. And in their fantasy world, uh, if you pretend something, then it is. It just so happens. What's crazy to me is everybody understands this. Uh, Former candidate for mayor and Guardian Angels uh, founder Chris Sliwa, this is a guy who for years has been patrolling the city. He was very prominent in New York City as a much younger man in the 70s when New York was... Uh, absolutely crime-addled, and he and a group of of fellow New Yorkers would would walk around with red tracksuits and red berets, and they would patrol subways. This is a guy who understands what a lawless city looks like, and the only way to fix it is to have good Samaritans out there protecting the public. Here's what he had to say. Listen, Lydia, uh, AOC all-out crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez hasn't been in a, a subway in a month of Sundays. She's protected by armed guards now. What would she know and what would the other politicians know? Come into my world. Ride the subways. It's like Dante's Inferno with all the emotionally disturbed persons there. Let's get them out. Let's give them the help and stop blaming a hero like this U.S. Marine that we all should be thanking. We should be saying, thank you, Penny for risking your life, getting involved, and daring to care. Yeah, it's absolutely right. And AOC, well, AOC's demagoguing about the fact that this guy wasn't armed, as if that's a factor. Lydia Serrano, in this conversation with Guardian Angels co-founder Chris Sliwa, said this, and I think she's absolutely right. Congresswoman AOC says, well, Jordan Neely wasn't armed, but we have seen plenty of people die had plenty of people be killed. Uh, Margaret Go, she was pushed in front of us on the subway tracks. Uh, Elizabeth Gomes, she was kicked in the head mercilessly by that homeless person. So you can be unarmed and still kill somebody. Yeah. Oh, and guess what? Daniel Penny wasn't armed either by that standard. <laughs> I mean, are, are you kidding me? That's the lunacy of it, right? AOC goes, oh, was, those guy nearly wasn't armed. Okay, well, t- show me where Penny's weapons were. I understand, of course. The answer is, right, that, uh, you know, if, you're, if you've got arms, arm, you know, your fist can be a deadly weapon. But uh, somehow it's, it, it doesn't apply to Neely because Neely's black and homeless. It only, it only matters if you have a house and you're white, apparently. And I wish I was saying that some kind of tongue-in-cheek thing, but it, it, it's starting to sound like that's the AOC standard. You would almost think, folks, and, and forgive me for saying it this crudely, but you almost get the impression that these people want to start a race war. Have you noticed all this insanity coming from... As, as these... I'm not... I, yeah, the... 
you know, the reparations stuff. What's the latest demand? There are people demanding for 200 plus million dollars per black person in the state of California for reparations. 200 plus million for things that happened not even to them, but to maybe their grandparents. Maybe. And even there, the liberals, even Newsom, of course, I saw a story today that said Newsom's not backing away from the reparations plan because, of course, last week the news came out that he said, well, I, did, I don't know if we're going to have money in the budget. So he opened Pandora's box with this in the summer of 2020 when people are out in the streets and he wanted to curry favor with the radical left. So he smooched up to their BLM rear ends and now is hoist by his own petard, meaning... He now has a budget shortfall before any of this reparations BS would be paid out, and he has no idea of how he's going to pay for it. So it's like a guy on a date with a girl will do anything, will say literally anything to get into the girl's pants, and then if he's so lucky to get across the finish line with her, <laughs> then he goes, wait, what? I said, I promised you what? <laughs> That's just exactly... That's the best way of explaining to you what happened to Newsom between, you know, 2020 and now on this reparation stuff. But I bring this up because imagine if every person, every black California, every black American, let's just make this universal, were to suddenly get, I don't care, 100 grand, you pick a number. Right, pick a number that's more than more than more than more than five thousand dollars. More, some significant number. Every person gets a, an enormous amount of cash—a million dollars, a hundred grand—simply on the basis of their race. Can you imagine the racial resentments that would occur? Huge step back, unbelievable. But you almost think it's what they want. And it's the same thing with this out-of-control crime. You almost, they almost want these cities to turn into cesspools because with small businesses shuttering doors, the economy crashing and everything, who will need the government? We all will. We're going to need them, and then they will be more powerful. All right, folks, I'll be back in a moment. Immigration up next. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Welcome back, folks. Second hour of the What's Right show coming at you straight ahead. Sam Rajovsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering ex-Californian. Uh, funny enough, speaking of California, let me share this with you because I think that this is going to become a national news story. And what I try to do here is I try to ferret out information for you before it really uh, becomes mainstream and and um, make sure you're ahead. You know, the, the, the cutting edge here of information and analysis. So what we have is a story out of Newport Beach. Now I am 
intimately familiar with Newport Beach. I spend a fair amount of time there. I've got an office there. And in uh, Newport, well, fair disclosure too, the mayor of Newport is one of my uh, dearest friends. And so uh, very familiar with it. Many of you listening have vacationed in New Newport. And if you've been to Newport, by the way, in the summertime, if you go uh, there, you will see pretty much every fourth car has a Nevada license plate. So my sense is that a fair number of you have, have, have been there, vacationed there. You know a place called Balboa Island. Now, Balboa Island is a, a really a beautiful little place. It's got, it, it's, it's an island. Yeah, technically it's an island. It has a bridge on one side that connects it to the mainland. And then it has a ferry that connects it to the Newport uh, Balboa Peninsula. Now, the peninsula starts over, if you're familiar with the town over by Hogue, roughly Hogue Hospital, where 55 freeway ends into Newport Boulevard, and that continues uh, basically across PCH, and the peninsula starts there. And the story that's been cooking now locally, but I think it's going to start to get some national attention, is that California's insane environmental rules are putting the pinch to the Balboa Island Ferry. Now, what's the Balboa Island Ferry? The ferry is this, uh, it's exactly it. It's a, there are three boats. They've been operated by the same family, get this, for 104 years. Uh, the family's named Beek, B-E-E-K. They have three boats. I think these boats are, I've been on them many times. These boats are, I mean, they are relics. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they are, Ancient. I think the, the, the boats themselves have to be at least 60 years old. They are not the original ferries, no, but they are, they've been, they're along in the tooth. That is for, for certain. And they travel back and forth, point to point. There's up to three boats that they have in service, depending on how busy they are. Each boat takes pedestrians, but also, more importantly, cars. It saves cars from having to go around the peninsula. More on that in a moment. So the crazy environmental rules put out by the California Air Resources Board. I, do you know where this is headed? <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> this is, the environmentalist wackos are so crazy that they have put these rules in saying that all boats need to be electrified by the year, which is, what is the year? I don't even know. It's coming up, 2025 according to the LA Times. And apparently you can, you can push this back unless, of course, unless you're like a short distance operator, which this is. It's about 1,000 feet, 800 feet, point to point. And so because these ferries are a polluter, the state of California wants to shut it down. Now, what the state of California hasn't thought of, of course, is that now, instead of using the ferry, cars that need to go around will go six miles. I looked it up. It's six miles, point to point, from, the, from one crossing to the other. They'll have to go six miles instead of just load up on a ferry, turn their engines off, cross the channel, and be there. The... Uh, you want you, here? You want a prediction? I, uh, my prediction is, if you added it all up, 
more harm will come to the environment from all those cars going six miles. What, what is that, Robbie? You did the math. What is it? It's, if it's 1,000 feet, six miles, 31 times the distance to drive around. I'm just telling you, these people will, would literally cut their nose off to spite their face. And that's, what, that's the illogic of environmentalism, particularly California uh, left coast style environmentalism, which is, of course, the most virulent and militant form of this. So those of you who have been to Newport and have heard of this story, I, I have been assured, and maybe we need to have Noah on, uh, mayor of Newport, talk about this uh, the story, but I, I, I've been assured that they have a plan of how to get around this. But, you know, but this is a classic example. By, this is a small business. When you go on the ferry, you see high school kids, summer jobs, you know, working there, collecting money, learning how to greet customers. This is, this is as mom and pop as it gets. And to have the state that you are in to have your home wage war on you is maddening, right? Think about that. Imagine living someplace that hates you. I don't know how else to put it because I'm going to, if somebody comes after my livelihood, I'm going to take it personally. No doubt you would as well. And that's what it's like when you're in business in California in general. BLM comes down, burns out your store, and they tell you, oh, <laughs> too bad, so sad crazy homeless person attacks you on the street mm, too bad so sad environmental standards put out by car the california air resources board wants to shutter your 104 year old family business mm, too bad so sad who in their right mind wants to stay there don't get me wrong california is beautiful but the people that run it are lunatics Meanwhile, they're sitting there. Yeah, they're shutting down a ferry, and then at the same breath, they're trying to figure out how to pay people millions of dollars just because, you know, their color of their skin. Absolute lunacy. Now, more lunacy, of course, can be found our federal government at the border. This is uh, this story just keeps uh, getting sadder uh, by the minute. Uh, the the border uh, title 42 of course ending biden administration is saying oh but border crossings are down 50 percent now remember two weeks ago they said they were down 90 percent now they're saying they're down 50 percent they're celebrating it as good news um shelters there's one shelter i saw today was at six times max capacity so i would i mean if you want to imagine that if you're going running errands right now, you're going to the bank, you're going anywhere, look up at the sign that says maximum occupancy. Look at the number. Imagine that many people times six in that room. Horrifying. People are dying. People are, are suffering. And by the way now, and this goes in with what I was saying earlier about the left turning on itself, there are there are. Well, the, I mean, the politicians in New York are starting to freak out over this. The politicians are saying, "Wait a minute, we don't, we don't want, we don't want all these immigrants being bussed into New York City." There was a couple who was planning a 
honeymoon in New York City. Their, the plans that they had were canceled because the hotel uh, had to uh, offer up rooms, occupancy rooms for uh, migrants who had been transported there. These kind of stories are, are just, I mean, they're, they're multiplying. Now, the, here's the part where it gets good, and I have this here somewhere. I saw this. Well, they had a little bit of fun over Mother's Day. The governor of Texas, Greg Gabbett, sent Kamala Harris a busload of migrants for Mother's Day. Now, that is a gift. What did your kids give you? Bet you didn't get a busload of migrants. <laughs> yeah, well, they got, listen, they got released into Texas. And so the governor there is saying, well, let's just pass this problem along to the people that are causing it. So, yes, uh, these were dozens, described as dozens of migrants from the Texas border town of Del Rio, arrived at the official residence of Kamala Harris, the U.S. Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C., some local volunteers arrived and took the migrants to a church for processing. Hey, if you are encouraging this to happen, and she's the border czar. I mean, Kamala Harris is not some innocent bystander. In this. She was appointed by Joe Biden to do this, to fix this problem. And of course, she hasn't done nothing to do anything here except make the problem worse. So it's, it's only, folks, it's, it's, going, to, it's going to get bad it's going to get bad we come back byron donalds republican florida says all the right stuff about this and he's he's right you can you can hate the messenger but i'm telling you he's spot on share that with you and some other info about this when we return don't go anywhere what's right show will continue in just a moment here on news talk 840 kxnt All right, folks, on the border, things are not in a good place. Uh, on Fox News Sunday, uh, Congressman Byron Donalds gets into it, and I just I love everything he has to say about this. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, he lays the problem at the feet of Biden and his administration. Uh, listen to this. What's happening now is because of Joe Biden's recklessness, his desire when he became president just to rip up all the Trump era policies that actually had our border secure. And now they're scrambling to find a solution to the crisis that Joe Biden created. Yes, because remember that I, I think these people think that we can't remember back two years. You know, they're not they're not asking we forget something that happened 20 years ago. It's literally two and a half years ago that Joe Biden was demagoguing during the campaign about how evil and racist Trump was. And by extension, all of us are. Dare we want to close the border and oh, that we don't want. What, what was all the things that, he, that were said during that campaign? That accusing us, Republicans, who wanted a secure border of basically being racist, that we didn't want brown people here. And so in comes the Biden administration. And of course, they're going to be, uh, they're going to reverse everything that Trump did. And, and lo and behold, the floodgates opened immediately. The only true thing that Corinne Jean-Pierre has said in a while is, 
her statement say this, this problem didn't happen overnight. You're right, it didn't. And when Trump tried to do something about it, y'all blocked him every chance you got. Kind of difficult to build a wall when nobody wants to fund it. Even Republicans in the House. Never forget that, folks. Even Republicans in the House obstructed Trump on this, on this, on this plan and purpose. Now, who benefits from all of this uh, besides, of course, Democrats in the country? Well, Byron Donalds continues, and he's right about this as well. Any conviction. Wrong clip. Here we go. Democrats do this all the time. They don't like a policy. They call it cruel. But what truly is cruel, Shannon, are the young women who are being raped in the journey to our southern border. They're being raped by the coyotes. They're being raped by the drug cartels. The drug cartel is going to make about $13 billion this year trafficking people to our southern border. And then they use Joe Biden's reckless policy to traffic massive amounts of fentanyl into our country, killing 75,000 Americans per year. That's inhumane. Now, side note, friends, today... Uh, the report came out that the Border Patrol intercepted a Afghani national who was on a terror watch list. Okay, I don't know how dangerous this guy is. We don't know a bunch of details about it yet. But they're confirming, the federal government is confirming uh, the a capture of a single bad dude that was, you know, crossing with a group of, of, of Hispanic migrants trying to blend in. You see, part of the problem here is setting aside the enormous human toll that this is taking on precisely the people that the left purports to want to help, the migrants themselves. The problem is that we have a border that is open. It's wide open. I, when I come back from, from an out-of-country trip, I have to go to the airport, I'll land here at uh, LAS, formerly known as McCarran. <laughs> I hate calling it Terry Reed. That's just that's just a me thing. You're gonna have to forgive me. So they, I, I land at the airport, and what do I have to do? I gotta go through customs. I have to show my passport. I, they get to play twenty questions with me. So again, it's one more example of how you and I we have to play by the rules. Meanwhile, others do not. So you know it, it's it's. And, and the, you know, it's the same. Guys, the issue at the border is almost identical to the debt ceiling. Because Democrats want to negotiate on this policy by we Republicans giving them everything that they want. So they want amnesty, right? That's a big part of this. The, the Democrats say, oh, we're, we're, we want amnesty. How about we close before we discuss amnesty or as a condition to amnesty? You close the border. You secure the border. Because otherwise, you're going to have one amnesty after another. And, and Republicans going back to Ronald Reagan have figured this out the hard way. You give them amnesty, they're never going to give you a closed border. It's not going to happen. And I say it's the same as the debt ceiling because they, they on the debt ceiling, of course, they want us to raise the debt ceiling without agreeing to cut spending. Well, well, we'll we'll cut spending later, but we need we need the 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 credit line increase now. Absolutely absurd. So, Congressman Donalds, by the way, this guy is a 
firebrand. He is he is really nailing it and is a tremendous communicator and, and, and a, becoming a visible member of the Republican caucus. Uh, Donalds is, uh, by the way, is black and he's phenomenal. You're, you're, he gets attacked, of course, left and right by the by the left. He gets no credit for his identity, not because he doesn't have that identity, but because, of course, he's Republican. So here he is talking about the negotiation over the border. When it comes to negotiations with the Democrats uh, on, on this policy, I say to them very clearly, so let's secure the border first. Let's get it done. Let's finish building the wall and doing all the other uh, mechanisms that are crucial for our country's security. And when we have that done, then we can talk about all the immigration policies. But the left wants to bring out uh, young kids who came here through no faults of their own, quote unquote, and use that as a poker chip, as a leverage point to say, we don't need to secure the border. That's insane policy for our country. We can do better. Yeah, well, it is. He's absolutely right. And again, I, I know this. I know what the call is from, from, from D.C. left-wingers, uh, Democrats. They want amnesty. That's what they want. And they're giving him, incidentally, they're giving him de facto backdoor amnesty. These people are showing up now are being housed in hotels and are being given court dates in 3033. Uh, 2033, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, a thousand years from now. No, in 10 years from now. It is absurd. So it's time to call this out for what it is. When we come back, I am going to get to the story about AM radio. Do you have an electric car? Guess what? You probably don't have an AM station on, which means you don't get this show. I'm going to get to this here. We still have some more border stuff, which I will, I will address as well. But I'm, I'm telling you, this is a fascinating thing because the wife got a Tesla, and that's her excuse to not have to listen to my show, you see. <laughs> but honey, I don't have AM on the dial. It's, everything's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. She listens to the podcast. By the way, that's the best part about having the app, uh, the Odyssey app, or any of the uh, any of the apps that have the uh, have podcasts on it. So you can hear the show live on the Odyssey app, and then you can always get the podcast. The What's Right show will continue, friends. Fear not. I'll be back in a moment here after the break. Uh, this hour brought to you by Salmon Ash Injury Law seven zero two eight two zero one two three four because you deserve a law firm that shares your values, friends. All right, so back in a moment here after we get through some news. God, the border stuff is infuriating. It is so solvable, if only there is a will to do so. See you in a moment, folks. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Welcome back, friends. Sam Marjofsky here, host of The What's Right Show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., that's when you can find us here. And regardless if your car has AM radio or not, <laughs> apparently now a lot of cars are being made without AM radio. Big story in the Washington Post about this. I'll talk about that in a moment. You can always go to the Odyssey app. Uh, yeah, and listen to the show live or even get the podcast after the show airs. So when, when. 
Big news today. It ought to be bigger news, but it's huge. The special counsel assigned to investigate the origins of the Trump-Russia probe. This is called, the investigation, the FBI's investigation is called Crossfire Hurricane. John Durham, special counsel, uh, published his report and said basically (laughs) that there was no reason for this to have ever have been launched. Let me let that sink in. We knew this, of course, but there was no reason and no basis for this to be uh, blossom into a full-blown investigation. Now, what's interesting, what's interesting here, folks, is that in the report, and you're not seeing, you won't see this, by the way, on CNN, in the report, there's a section that deals with how the investigating agents into, well, we'll call it the uh, Golden Showers tape, the one with Trump allegedly participating in some sort of a, a ritual with some hookers in Russia, in Moscow, and other aspects of this. So the the in, agents that were investigating felt that there was no credibility to any of the allegations. So they brought it to the you know, to management, to the C-suite upstairs at the FBI, and they told them to open a full-blown investigation into this. So the Right, there was literally no basis for it. None. It's staggering. Now, are we going to hear from Adam Schiff, who was the prominent voice of the Democratic Party calling for investigation into Trump-Russia collusion, and all he did was talk about collusion day in and day out? Are we going to get an apology for him? Because this is... You know, by the way, Schiff wanted to shut down Durham. He didn't want Durham to go forward with this probe. Everyone connected with this ought to be arrested. Every person who decided to target Trump because he was a political adversary, who was in a position of power, who was a credential law enforcement officer or agent, Every one of them ought to be placed in handcuffs, perp-walked, and put on trial. Now, this is news that just kind of broke here during the course of the show. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reacting to this in real time because, of course, we are live and local, and this is what I do. But this, to me, uh, is a, 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 an enormous scandal. This ought to be a, 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 a thing of tremendous shame for every single person, every single person that participated in it. So, again, I mean, this goes back to August of 2016. Then CIA Director John Brennan, the same guy last week under oath, admitting that the 51 signers of that letter denouncing the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation, admitting to it being a political move, uh, was the one who under Obama uh, was, you know, uh, was uh, participated in this, got this thing kicked off. So I'll have more on this, of course, tomorrow as I, as I read through all 300 pages. I'm going to have some light reading tonight, and I'll give you an in-depth analysis of it all. But I, I, again, I'm, I'm not surprised, neither are you, 
It's just all coming to light. Absolutely horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. All right, back to the question of the border, things going on there. Look, you know, the the left, by the way, is doubling down on this. Republicans, apparently, who want to solve the border, according to one representative in Congress, Republicans are basically racist and want slavery, if you can believe that. I've got this uh, representative, Hank Johnson. This was Wednesday in the House Judiciary. Uh, he had uh, he had this to say, and it's uh, pretty astounding. Listen closely. Republicans like to see them lined up at the border because they know that that's a stream of uh, labor ready to be exploited with cheap, uh, if any, uh, uh, compensation. I mean, if you could get back to slavery, you would gladly do so. But if you could pay people a dollar an hour, uh, you you would settle for that. And that's that's the race to the bottom that we have with immigrants lined up at the border trying to get in and go to work. And my Republican friends talk about how they don't like that, how it's a crisis, but yet they savor it because they know that it means cheap labor now i will tell you to be fair there are members of the republican party the chamber of commerce types that have resisted for years doing anything meaningful about securing the border he is right about that an elite cabal of republicans have for years quietly resisted closing the border because yes not they don't want slavery. He's being a, an, an idiot for saying that. But no, but they absolutely want to drive down the cost of labor by flooding the market with cheap available labor. labor. Big business in America, whether Republican or Democrat, loves an open border. But the entire reason Donald Trump was elected in 2016, if, if you had to point to one issue that people really cared about, that Republicans and moderates really cared about. It was about fixing and securing the border once and for all. And it was a revolution of sorts in Republican circles against precisely the kind of promise one thing and do another Republican that has dominated our party politics for my entire life. Because I will tell you, as far back as I can remember, Republicans... Only elected Republicans, for the most part, and certainly party leadership, only found uh, themselves talking about immigration in a meaningful way election year. And they raise money, go, we're going to close the border, secure the border, we're going to kick out all the illegals. And then, and, th- and that's, by the way, the reason that they would run on that platform is because that's what Republicans really want. And that's what Representative Hank Johnson here was just saying. My Republicans, they just want they want slavery and they want cheap labor. Yeah, okay. The Chamber of Commerce does. But rank and file Republicans, me, you, the Republicans we know, they don't want an open border. They know this is a disaster. And incidentally, the left, the thing that absolutely blows my mind is 
Joe Biden getting together with big labor, meeting with labor bosses, shaking phantom hands, walking the wrong way off stage. But you've seen all the photo ops. But the point is he's getting together with big labor. Big labor, this is the threat of threats to big labor. Move aside Chamber of Commerce. You want to hear an interested party to secure the border? Big labor, labor unions. You think labor wants to get undercut by people working under the table? People accepting a job for five, six, seven, eight dollars an hour, and union, you know, union workers getting getting high multiples of that. I know this, and and it fascinates me endlessly whenever I talk to my my friends that are that are in labor unions, and in management of labor unions. My my wife's uncle for years he's passed away now, but he was a big muckety-muck in the AFL-CIO. And I, I, would, I just would always tell him, I said, explain to me how you're supporting the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party is the party of open borders and that is literally an existential threat to your members. Well, you see, there's a lot more to it than that. Enough. That is exactly in everything I need to know about big labor. Absolute hypocrites. By the way, this is why in 2016 a number of uh, laborists were actually kind of quietly, quietly, mind you, supporting Trump. Because for the first time, a Republican dared to go where no other Republican would, would, right? Trump ran on building a wall, literally. And we all jumped on board, and, and, but, but labor saw an opportunity there to shore up the labor market. Labor, like anything else, is supply and demand. You, you know, if, if you've got 10 workers to do a job, you're going to pay them less overall than if five workers are there to do the job. Because there's a, you know, there's there's certain work that needs to get done and you're going to pay more in order to beat out the next guy who needs the same job done for that, for that you know, for that unit of labor. And I don't mean to reduce human beings to economics, but that's how it works. And so, uh, I mean, I, I think... I don't know. I, I just think I, Joe Biden running as a as a big labor Democrat is one of the silliest, stupidest things. And 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 it's apparently it just goes right over the head of of these of these union heads. I mean, they get a lot of benefits from from Biden. Don't get me wrong, but they have they must have to hold their nose on this immigration stuff because it, it's it's a major concern. All right, got to take a quick break. The What's Right show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law will continue in a moment. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840, KXNT, The What's Right show coming to you live and local from beautiful downtown Las Vegas. I would be remiss not to mention here in passing at least uh, the Knights' victory yesterday over the Oilers in Game 6 of second round here uh, coming into now the Western Conference Finals. Uh, So this is, uh, those of you not following hockey, let me explain this. Uh, The the Knights are now uh, coming to the, basically the semifinal for the Stanley Cup. Now we don't know, we don't know yet who they're going to play. Um, uh, It looks like tonight we're going to figure out who they're going to play because the Dallas Stars are playing the Kraken. The Kraken is the other expansion, recent expansion team in the NHL. Uh, they're based in Seattle. 
they're they're uh, going into game seven. So it's three three. The game seven will decide who who uh, then goes on to the uh, Western Conference Final against the Knights, and then the the victor, right? The victor of that match will will go to the Stanley Cup Final. We are, I mean, folks, we are this close as a city to getting the Stanley Cup. I thought I, I watched some of the games with the Oilers, and I, you know, I'm. I've never played hockey, but I, I see good hockey when I, you know, I know good hockey when I see it. I, I was, the Oilers were fantastic. They played well. So that, uh, I, I mean, but the Knights shut them down in six games. Uh, this is f- phenomenal. So 4-2, Knights are, Knights are moving on up. And it'll be spectacular. Now on the, on the Eastern Conference side, you're going to have the Carolina Hurricanes uh, and the Florida Panthers are going head to head, and so you know one of those will then go to the Stanley Cup. And man, it's um, it's gonna be fun. I was the last time that we, you know we played that first season because Vegas. Those of you who are out of town, you understand this. Golden Knights are kind of a religion here in Las Vegas. Uh, they came to town. I don't know, people care, people bought some tickets, but then October 1 happened and, and the team really threw themselves behind the community and did a lot to help heal this town and contribute to you know to victims uh, and their families uh, in the wake of that horrifying event and really, I think, secured a place in the hearts of Las Vegans. And then something else happened, they began winning games. And it was their inaugural season, right? They're an expansion team. It's a hockey team. It's the first. I mean, I know we had, uh, yeah, okay. We we had we had some women's basketball, but I, I'm sorry. It it was the first big professional team in town, and nobody knew if it would really be a success. So they started getting getting fans out. They started winning games, and they had a phenomenal season. And they got all the way to the Stanley Cup uh, and lost. Uh, I forget what game four. Uh, so I, you know, it was game game five. I don't remember exactly this. Again, it was before I moved into town, and I was I was not a not following it at all. So this is this is big news, and it's fun for our city. We're going to have a lot of people visiting these games. So it's fabulous because, of course, the strip is completely dug up. There's another section today of the strip that is gone. Between, yeah, but I'll tell you, between the Bellagio and Harmon, where um, you have the Cosmo, it's gone. If you've ever walked the strip, imagine the entire asphalt, all the asphalt on one side of the road is completely dug up. They're repaving it down to the dirt. This is all because of Formula One coming in uh, November, later this year. And the Formula One cars, of course, need a smooth road. Now, we in... Vegas are known for a lot of things. Smooth roads is not one of them. The uh, Las Vegas Strip has been dug up I don't know how many times over and over again, and there are patches everywhere. You know, a section of it gets redone, but never has the whole strip, not in not in recent memory, has the whole strip been completely repaved like this and made near perfectly smooth in order to have these cars go 200 miles an hour down the, down the straightaway. So... Yes, the race will actually take place on Las Vegas Boulevard. So the cars will go whizzing by the Bellagio, by Caesars, 
and then go up and around where Harmon is, which is the intersection of Las Vegas Boulevard and, again, the Cosmo City Center, right? The Crystals, the shopping center there. And I'll go around and, 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 and then the back road there and then come back around. That, that'll be the loop. And the, the paddocks are taking shape. I mean, those are off of Harmon. Uh, and that those are those are looking good. So it, it's a lot of fun things happening in Vegas. And I, I've told people this uh, before. Pardon me. I know this is a little off topic, but I just want to share with you. This is, it just it feels like a really exciting time to be here. And I was in a I was in a um, uh, podcast. I do this food podcast uh, once a week. We try to do it once a week. Eat, talk, repeat. John Curtis and my law partner, Ash Watkins. And, you know, so we're talking about food, and one of the things that John Curtis, who's a dear friend, a major food critic here in town, and, and also just an all-around very interesting guy, he's also a lawyer, and he's, he's talking about the end stages or final stages of, of, of Vegas that we're morphing into something that's, un, you know, just makes us like every other city. And I thought a lot about it, and I thought, I don't, I don't know. I think we're morphing into something that's that's a lot bigger and better than any other city in the U.S. I don't know of any other city that has a football team, an NHL top performing NHL team, that has you know a baseball team coming in, that has Formula One. I mean, I could keep going, right? I mean, this is yeah. There, it's, we have a lot here, and gaming, and top rated restaurants. And it's all within a just a handful of square miles, right? We're talking, what is it? Basically six square miles, if that. So it's all dense. It's all right here. And, you know, I, I think it's smart. I think that the people no longer just want to go out and, 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 and play games and, and, and go on gamble. People come for food. People come for the entertainment. People, you know, fill these hotel rooms and they're paying Folks, they are paying uh, hotel prices like I don't think they've ever paid before. I'm hearing of room, roommates in nineteen hundred, eighteen hundred, two thousand dollars at at Encore at the Win. I mean, it's just unbelievable prices are being paid right now, and those are those are not the comped rates for the gamblers. Those are rates for people who are coming here for a good time, not just to gamble. So it's it's an interesting thing. I bring this up because it's. A lot of you are listening from out of town and, you know, and and you know, not necessarily up to speed on everything that's going on here in Vegas. So I just wanted to share this. And those of you, of course, that are local, don't give up on Vegas. It might be changing. It might be turning into something that's different. It might not be the Vegas that you remember 30 years ago. But I, and I understand that I'm just a I'm just a recovering ex-Californian. So, you know. Take what I say with a grain of salt, but I think Vegas, in just the time that I've been here, 2019 to now, it just keeps getting better and better, and I absolutely love it, and I don't think there's a better place to live anywhere in the world. All right, friends, we will have a full, big show tomorrow. We're going to get at this Durham report, take it apart for you, everything you'll need to know. We'll get into that, so I think you'll want to tune in. Oh, and I'll get to the car AM thing. I We ran out of time. I will get to that. I promise. Interesting story on that. Sam Marjofsky. See you later.